0: Welcome. You've splash landed into this Prosecco laden podcast, straight into the woo woo pool with the crew of Om G. We're just a simple group of tragically imperfect and highly empathic BFFs, exploring a wide range of atypical topics with humor, grace, and curiosity. This is Om G. Welcome. If you're a human being here on the earth plane, you've got it. That devil trickster whispering in your ear, feeding you some self-destructive BS about what your truth is. Ugh. But how do you know the difference between your trauma and your truth? Let's dive into that. You're here with the crew of OMG,
1: the podcast. Welcome back, y'all. This is Brenda here. This is Chandra. And it's Erin. And Lynn. And Camille. The sure. whole team.
2: <laughs> Who wants to kick off talking about our trauma, y'all? Well,
0: <laughs> well, <No>. well. <laughs> as everyone looks in the opposite direction from Brenda. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: There's a question that I've been struggling with. And it's like, because the more I read and the more I see, there's so much overlap in the symptoms that it's like, is all this ADHD and autism and Depression and anxiety is it just trauma response? Is that why everybody seems to have it now because the the symptoms are the same right there's just certain ones that are unique to this, but there, it's a, maybe one or two and then those one or two up here but and it's stuff that that we've all talked about multiple times of um, racing thoughts, low self-esteem, stimming you know like. Picking, picking at your fingernails, things like that. Overanalyzing conversations or practicing conversations in your head before you have them. <laughs> a ding, 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 ding. Um, <laughs> lifted shoulders, like realizing that you always have tension in your shoulders. That's bad for me. Um, Same. And, and yeah. intrusive thoughts just like coming out of nowhere. And it's like, that's not my,
4: no. that's not my thought. And you get stuck on the wheel of like, yeah. it. Yeah. Like it just feels... That where everything feels overwhelming. <clears throat> we were talking before we started recording and Chandra and I both yesterday and we're recording this on 11, 12. So yesterday was 11, 11. And we felt like this, like buzzing underneath our skin. Like we wanted to just go for a run. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Chandra and I did not run. okay, <laughs> But like, it was like, you just wanted to get out of your body because you were so anxious and whatever. And I, we both sort of think that it's like new frequencies that we're getting. And like, Trying to integrate that.
2: Maybe that's why I was sneezing so much yesterday and today. It could be. Get- <laughs> I'm integrating new energies into my head. That's right. It's got to get all the old ugh out. you know.
3: It's very, very possible. But actually <laughs> skin crawlies is one of the symptoms.
1: Oh, that's a trauma response.
3: Of A trauma response. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Hmm. This is one that I found really interesting because I didn't, I didn't know I did this, but it's, you have to control your environment. Mm -hmm. And the example that they gave was because you feel so out of control everywhere else, you procrastinate going to bed because that you can, you can control Mm. when, when you lay down, when you fall asleep, like, so to have a period of time that you feel like I'm in control because they, somebody tells you what time to be at work, right? Somebody tells you what time they want to have dinner. Mm -hmm that you can own that time. Yeah. And I, d- I do that a lot with Jason. How's it on? You know, I'll, I'll stay up till midnight.
4: Right. And then, but then a similar situation here, but then also it's like, it's screwing future Aaron over because yes. I wake up the next morning and be cranky. And like, why do I do that? I mean, I'm screwing him up all the time, but <laughs> that's interesting. I've never thought about that before.
2: I feel like with all of this eclipse energy and all of the, you know, the 1111, 11, that never mind that. That was just chilla shaking her head. There's been a lot of like mm-hmm. triggers coming up for people to clear old, old stuff. And we did a little spirit circle on Friday night and I had some old triggers come up from, you know, like 25 years ago. And then Lynn was talking about last night about, uh, being triggered with, Decorating. Hi, Chela.
1: Like decorating for Christmas?
5: In general, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Stuff from 20 years ago that came up and caused me
2: to have some nightmares. Wow. Gracious. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny how that stuff sticks around. And I had had a conversation with my oldest daughter, and she got re-triggered a couple of weeks ago. And she was like, I thought I did healing work around that. I'm like, girl.
4: (laughs) Just one layer. (laughs)
2: That's pretty much. And I sent her a little meme from Instagram that was talking about how healing is not linear like we've talked about before and how you're just like uncovering another layer of it to be healed. So. Like, how many layers can we have, Lynn, after 20, 25 years? Like, Lord, have mercy. Like, let's get on with it. And just when you think you've filled the last layer. Yeah. Surprise.
3: Surprise.
5: Bitches,
4: <laughs> <laughs> <Surprise. laughs> 12 to go. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just this lifetime. You know, right. Like yeah. All of the contracts and agreements and traumas and stuff from past lifetimes that come in and are, like, affecting us right now. And we don't even recognize it subconsciously. Like, <laughs> we had a therapy session this week. Um, <clears throat> hashtag doing the work. And in it, we talked about my, like a victim mentality that I didn't even realize was a thing. And Mm -hmm. so in situations, I'm very, I guess conflict avoidant is the the good term for it because I don't like it. I don't like the tense energy, the negativity that's around it. And, but all my life I have, even as a kid, if there was ever a conflict or someone was like giving me negative energy or being hostile or aggressive or whatever, someone would step in. So it was like my mom or my right. or my dad. And then growing up, it was the same thing with friends. And then Christian took on that role. And then other friends, you know, and so my therapist was like, Do you think that maybe that's like a I can't remember the like cognitive kind of term she used, but it's like a learned pattern of behavior where you're Like, for example, if something like that happens and you just need to vent about it, like you just need to complain and be like, this is what this person said, whatever. You're venting, but because of that old story, the person or people you're talking to are taking that as, I need help. Can someone take up for me? And I was like, oh, my God. Like, and it just like, it was like the roof blew off. My socks were gone and... (laughs) I had to, you know, I like started thinking about all these different instances in my life where that had been the case. And so now I'm trying to set much more clear boundaries and, um,
2: and be able to speak your truth. Yes.
4: Without the, the like worrying uh because it's like that, the recovering people pleaser thing, right? Right. You know, it's the whole, well, I don't want people to think badly of me. Yeah. Right. You know, this person sees me out in public. Would they then come up to me and like, who gives a shit? You know, like, yeah. just.
2: But I get that. I think we, all pretty much feel that way like afraid to hurt anybody else or offend anybody else or have anybody pissed off at us because then yeah. what are they going to go and say about us totally. and i think that's like human nature to feel mm-hmm. that way and it takes practice to like stop worrying about it so much like you have to just continually hold up the boundaries and speak your truth Then then however it goes down is however it's going to go down. Right. And you that's not your responsibility.
4: Totally. And stop giving it that so much mental power and energy. And she, for those of you at home, I didn't know this, and maybe y'all didn't either, but apparently when something like that happens, like if someone comes at you and is aggressive or hostile or triggers something in you, your amygdala, I think she said, and your brain physically swells, like it literally swells Mm. up. And it t- and so you had that fight or flight response of like oh well, this bitch I need to say this back or I need to whatever and she said it literally takes twenty minutes for it to go back down to its unstimulated place and so she was like the next time that happens and you're triggered or someone says or does something to you whatever take twenty minutes and go do something totally different go do the dishes go walk your dog go listen to a podcast whatever. and when when you come back in twenty minutes I'm willing to bet you money it's not gonna have the same energy to it
3: and that was something else that. I wanted to talk about was what happens when mm-hmm. you don't get the twenty minutes before the next trigger. Yes. You're know, like, what if you're living with that person? What if that's yeah. a parent? What if that's a spouse? It's called the flood response mm. because you don't ever get that that respite in between. It's like it's it's just like a roller coaster cycle. It never hits the bottom. It never stops. It just keeps going up and down, up and down. You know, and that's, I mean. That just leads to illnesses and, but it's, it's a real thing because there are some people who never get the time to bring it down. But going back to caring if people like you or not, I was, um, I know it sounds like I read and listen to stuff all the time, which
4: I do. do. Um, (laughs) She's educated y'all.
3: I heard something that I am trying myself to embody. There is no good or bad. There is no right or wrong. There is no good or evil. Yeah. It's like um, a magnet. They're just poles on the same thing. Yeah. So you can look at someone saying something mean to you as kind of as a compliment because it's it's the same thing as a compliment. You are on their mind. You mm-hmm. have had an effect on them.
0: You've
4: triggered them.
3: You've triggered them. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm and it's the same response it's just how you filter it
4: yeah taking out the that emotional reactivity from ourselves and looking at it objectively
3: and i'm i'm really wow. trying to be mindful of that like when something happens that i think is bad i need to stop thinking okay good and bad don't exist where can i see the other pole in this
2: it's not it's not a miracle but it does take the power out of some things for sure yeah i think it gives you a little bit more compassion too I had a therapist friend of mine say, nobody is 100% bad or 100% good. That's true. Like, we all have both the things in us. So, that helps helps you to have more compassion, I think, whenever you think about it that way. Like, somebody who pisses you off, well, they're not all bad. Right. That's just one part that's not great.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
5: also, sometimes when people say things to you that's not nice, it's they're either jealous or something within themselves that calls them to react that way.
2: Right. Like, kind of like what we talked about on the Mirror Mirror episode. Yeah. 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 not project their stuff.
0: Yeah. One of my easiest triggers that I can definitely recognize, I would call it a pocket of rage <laughs> that seems to bubble up inside of me every now and then. And I've noticed a pattern whenever I'm in public and let's say some Karen comes up and starts berating the cashier or making a scene or causing pain to someone who has no control over the situation. I don't know what happens, but I I get this little Superman cape that comes out of the back of my neck and I don't act on it most of the time. But I fill up with rage and I want to go throttle that person that's causing the scene or that's, that's affecting the Zen in my world. Mm -hmm. So that's just one example I can think of. And you're right, Chandra, I could go get in my car and drive home for 20 minutes, but it takes a while for that to come down.
4: Yeah. So I have a similar thing, I think with that too. And it, like it, the big part of me wants to be like attack that person back. Right. But it's meeting them with that same energy. And so what I have tried to do in those kinds, and you don't know who has a gun or a knife. Right. Like, you know, These days. Crazy. And so I always try to go up to that cashier or that barista or whatever, and just say like, you know, I'm so sorry that on, that just happened. And on
0: behalf of humankind, I apologize. Yes, right. And you
4: know, I often kind of make a joke like I'm a middle school teacher and my 13 year old's act like more mature than that. Just, you know what I mean? And so we kind of like have this like moment of humanity of like, that person is the problem. Not even the person, their behavior was Mm -hmm. the problem. And like, I see you and I've worked in customer service before and been there too, you know. Yeah.
0: And it always shocks me that I want to react in the same way that I'm hating this other person for doing. Yes. That's
2: that's the weird. I have a thought about that. Okay. I wonder if that triggers some like repressed rage within ourselves that's like needs to come up and come out. Mm -hmm. And so seeing it outside of yourself that's not you know it's not happening to you but it kind of creates that reaction of your body of whatever's in there that needs to like be it's almost like jealousy that i wasn't able to do that in
3: the moment
1: yeah Mm -hmm. i
3: I wasn't i didn't allow myself or i wasn't allowed Mm. in the environment and it's like now it's coming up and you that's exactly right you want to do it to that person right because you see them getting that
0: release and Mm -hmm. you're like let me show you what it feels like. Right, <laughs> right. I feel a
5: smash therapy date coming on. Oh, talk girls. Yeah, that sounds like
3: fun. Rage party.
4: Yeah. Oh. All right. A rage rave.
3: <laughs> so let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we um, will talk about some of the responses that we have to these traumas.
2: Families have a lot going on.
5: And I wanted to share real quickly that a few weeks ago, I was sitting in meditation and doing some automatic writing and channeling, and I didn't realize what I'd written until after I come out. When I read it, I was kind of shocked. (laughs) And just a short piece of the channel is, I wrote, start seeing yourself as others see you. Silence the self-deprecating voice because that voice isn't the truth. That voice is the trauma. Mic drop. Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" Because we all have these thoughts running through our minds, const or at least I do. Like constantly have voices in my head. Y'all know me too. Mm -hmm.
0: I'd be in jail if I listened
5: to him. (laughs) (laughs) Leave. Or get in a cell next to me, please.
0: Um, we'll uh, yeah, make some toilet bowl magic, <laughs> <laughs> flirt with the guards, all that stuff you were saying
5: yeah. <laughs> <Nobody
0: knows. laughs> but Camille, <laughs> but
5: I just thought that was quite enlightening to for me that I need to pay attention to my thoughts because it limits us, mm-hmm. and so after that came through they said to me that you limit yourself with those thoughts because you can't bring in what you want because of the trauma response you're having from what
3: other people have caused you. And that's where it becomes so difficult is because you're not controlling that voice. It's not a conscious thought. Right. And that's part of the trauma response, right? Right. So you're not in control of the voice. You're trying to not listen to the voice. It's you're, like a
0: pop-up. Right.
3: You have the voice because of the trauma. So if you can't, if you're not in control of that voice and you can't stop it, then how do you heal the trauma so that the voice will stop? Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's it's a vicious circle. That's why it's so hard. Yeah. in
5: well, the work. For me, what I started doing is when I'm hearing that voice that is coming from not me, I just acknowledge it. And I say, I hear you, but that's not the truth. Mm. at all. Mm -hmm. And that seems to help me at least.
2: You know, I had a thought about like, you know, the people pleasing thing that we talked about and how, you know, you don't want to upset anybody or what are they going to think about you or what are they going to say about you? And I wonder if any of that comes from like childhood. Oh, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And like, be good, be nice. Don't embarrass me. Yeah. That's my mother. Yeah. You better act right in church. Yeah, that's right. And be a good girl or be a good boy or whatever the the messaging was. And so we grow up and we think that we can't have conflict. Right. And conflict is part of life. Like we have to figure out how to have conversations with each other. It's like a conversation stopper whenever people don't know how to have have those conflict conversations. Because it doesn't have to be a, a bad thing. It does. Conflict doesn't have to be bad. It can be open a conversation. Can so I don't know. That goes back it's to like the good, bad thing. Yeah.
3: Because it's like when you've made an action and your parent reacted to that as, Oh, what a good girl or Oh, what a good boy. Mm-hmm. You're conditioned. Right. To do more of that action because that felt so good to get that praise. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's, you know, it's reinforcing. I mean, all you did was have a reaction to a situation. Yeah. Good, bad, didn't matter. But you mm-hmm. got that dopamine hit. You got that praise from one side.
1: For
0: expressing and, your good, and right, positive emotions. Right, right. Yeah. And
3: not your bad. You get
2: chastised when you... How many people heard growing up, don't talk back to me or don't cry. I'll give you something to cry about. Oh, um, yeah, so must. it's like you can't even have a conversation. Like there was, I don't know how your households were growing up, but it wasn't like we could have conversations about things. It was, the parents rule. That was it. Mm-hmm. Don't talk back. Don't argue. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you couldn't have an opinion at my
0: house. No. If you right. did, you were wrong. Right. And you couldn't come to the dinner table unless you had a smile on your face because no one wants to see that ugly, sad, crying face. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah.
4: And there's, like, I'm just thinking about, like, tools that I have now in my adulthood to help process those kinds of emotions instead of, like, yelling or being argumentative or whatever. And, like, even... As a parent, like it would have been so different, I think, to be like, you don't have to agree with this rule or this whatever, but go into your room, turn some music on and journal for 10 minutes and get your feelings out that way. And then we can come and talk about it. Bravo. Or go, you know what I mean? Something like that would just be so much healthier. And Mm -hmm. so you take it away as like, I mean, it is traumatic, like to be like, okay, it's only good to experience and express "Quote unquote" good emotions, and the bad ones have to go away, and you repress them, and then you're standing in a Costco checkout line wanting to stab someone,
1: stab <laughs> <Right. laughs> someone.
4: And so, oh shit, I lost it. <laughs> I was going, going, and now it's so
1: going, going to journal.
4: Yes, and so like I think, ha- oh, that's right. We take that traumatic experience, and it turns into a story that we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have to be nice. You have to be like other people. You have to be validated by other people. And we don't even recognize it. It's all subconscious. And then you're thirty and you I think you sent it to me. It was uh Taylor or something. Yeah. She's the comedian where she's talking about in your twenties. Like you're thin, but you're a mess. Like there's nothing, you make no sense. You don't have a gut to trust yet. Yeah. She's like, but you got to get your shit together before 30. You got, because winter's coming and the pond is going to (laughs) frost over. Oh yeah. You got to get the, oh, there's daddy issues. Let's get that out of there real quick. Right.
3: You need to be prepping. You need to be prepping for
4: the winter. Exactly. Oh, codependency. Let's fish that one out of the river. You know, it's very funny.
0: I have a question for everybody. The example I just gave about, you know, the rage popping up. What is an emotion that has been brought out of you through a trigger that really, really shocked you? Because you're like, that's not who I am. Why is this coming up? That's how I felt about the rage thing. Anyone else?
5: Mine is definitely rage.
4: Okay. Ooh, sorry. You're <laughs> <laughs> trying to come out right now, girl. <laughs> I
5: to, I put her back in. <laughs> get back down in there, girl. <laughs> Go on and get out of here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mine is definitely rage. Okay. Like sometimes I just feel like I could just take somebody down.
0: It helps like, you understand what a crime of passion is. It it really you does. Know what?
5: Don't ever put me on the jury. No, no. With somebody that snapped, <laughs> calls. I can't understand yeah, that because you'd be like, "Come sit by me, girl." Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd be like, "Not guilty," but it is because I'm not like a, I'm not a violent person. I don't condone violence. I'm like. Right very peaceful. I just want to be at home with my Christmas decorations. And, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just, let put a tree like, up. Or decorate something or cook something. Like, I'm very Mellow. Kind of like, yeah, I'm very low-key, very mellow. But there have been times that i
3: thought, man, if I could just reach over there and grab you by the foot. Mm-hmm. I would <laughs> feel so much better. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Mine is absolutely anger. Because I actually have two, I think, um, that surprised me. Spill it. Um, Here's the tea. (laughs) One is definitely anger. Because in processing the relationship with my mother, I was very surprised at how angry I was at her. I was shooketh by how angry I was with myself. Mm. That I didn't choose differently when I had a chance. Or didn't even know I had a chance to choose differently. Mm. And I I don't know a word for the other one because they all sound so I don't want to say bad because I've been preaching there's no good <laughs> or bad but they all sound so low vibrational mm-hmm. but I would call it hatred or loathing we're all good and bad yeah it, it's I get shocked at how deep my self
5: loathing
1: goes mm. Mm. that's oh, a good one sure. yeah.
3: yeah
4: I think for me it's also anger and rage kind of echo what everyone else has said because I've and very bubbly and you know whatever and pretty chill in solitude but then sometimes you're just like i'm gonna stab someone you know like i've had
1: Mm -hmm. um
4: like but my job has taught me an immense amount of patience because you can't just curse at a child i mean you can but it's frowned upon you can't just establish in this in this government
0: note in your file and such
4: yeah (laughs) exactly you know i've had literally had moments where a kid has triggered me I've seen the tape play out in my head. I'm sure I stand there like that. So Raven, like having a vision, but I, like, I see the tape of like me, like teacher on the news, you know, like (laughs) strangles kid to death in class. Like I see it. I'm like, we're not doing that. And so I bring it back down. So anger and rage, but sadness is also one for me because I feel like I felt it a lot growing up, but didn't just repress it or didn't name it or didn't know how to process or do whatever with it. It's like sometimes the, around christmas i don't know why it's like supposed to be a happy time or whatever but there's casey musgraves has a song called christmas makes me cry mm-hmm. and so i listen to that sometimes and just get it out and like last christmas had a great christmas but then like it was just Chris and i in the evening and like everything had kind of settled and we were just relaxing and i was just like Woo-hoo! like it just like <laughs> all just started pouring you know and it was just like the i thought about like all the kids in foster care who don't have a family to go home to. And I thought about like all these elderly people who their spouse, like, you know, like all these different, it's like the world of energy around Christmas came in and just like gutted me. Yeah. So deep, deep sadness. Sometimes
3: I have a theory about that specifically about Christmas. I think that sadness comes from as children, you see Christmas coming and you have certain expectations. Yeah. Like you're excited. You think it's going to be a great day. It's just going to be so. Much, I want kind to of get to open my presents. It's going to be so much fun, and you know, Santa. Exactly. And then the day comes, and then there's probably this is my experience. May not be everybody's, but there's that one relative that just screws the whole thing up. Mm. That just puts everybody on edge. The just you know everybody's yeah. walking on eggshells. The and, drunkle. And the drunkle <laughs> or the <Exactly>. gant.
4: <laughs> Wait, no. Not gay, that's gay whatever. <laughs> <laughs> She's usually pretty cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's a good time.
3: <laughs> but then you get to be an adult. And that sadness comes back because you start to expect the whoever that's going to ruin it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like not Christmas mm-hmm. unless somebody comes in and just jacks up the whole thing. Yeah. But I feel like that's maybe where some of our sadness around Christmas comes from is because our expectations were just just blown out of the air and our expectations were so high and we were, you know, a kid gets excited Mm -hmm. and really
0: see all those commercials and you watch your friends get new puppies and new bikes or whatever. And you get a corduroy jumpsuit, you know, Mm -hmm. it happens to all of us.
4: Yes. Sit down in the corduroy jumpsuit to enjoy your banana salad. Mm -hmm. What about you? What um, emotions?
2: Y'all know. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we though? The microphone does not carry on. Rage for yeah. sure. Like I can go from zero to sixty, yeah, <laughs> real quick. Like, and it's it's always around feeling disrespected.
1: Mm. So if I feel
2: disrespected, you better look out, smash their hold your blue. Yeah. you won't, yep. you won't get the wrong end of Brenda Sue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do find it very funny how basically we were all raised in the South, mm-hmm. and especially with us females rage anger is that undercurrent and when you talk about sadness Aaron, i think well a, a little boy raised in the south better not cry you're going to get called out you're going to get called names by the Bubbas, you yeah. know yeah so all of this is really piecing together and that's all i have to say i love it i, love it.
2: I mean i don't love the trauma but <laughs> you love the discussion i love this discussion
4: part of the healing yeah yeah well if you guys loved it too Please leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcast. It helps a lot. Check us out on Instagram, the YouTubes and our website, OMGPodcast.com. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Ciao for now. Bye.
3: Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Please follow and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. It's so easy to do and such a huge help for us. We appreciate your interactions so much. Want to join us at our table? make sure to check out our YouTube channel and join our Facebook community. If you've enjoyed this content and wish to support us, take a look at our Patreon page. All information and links will be in our podcast description. Catch you next time.
0: This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM Network.
1: Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices. Amplified.